Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. And once again, I am so glad that you took time out of your busy day to listen in. And you're not going to regret this today because you are going to learn a whole bunch of things that are going to help you have a calmer, more mindful, more balanced life. And I know that because I'm speaking to somebody who I've talked to a couple of times, Lori Seitz. She is an amazing individual. And she is the founder and CEO of Zen Rabbit, which is a cool title. We got to figure out how that came about. And host of the podcast, Fine is a four-letter word. Uh, Lori is an award-winning author, speaker, and broadcaster. And Lori, thank you so much for being here. It is my joy to be here and in, in this conversation with you, Marty. So first of all, got to ask you, where did the Zen rabbit come from? And I don't know. I I, I know we didn't talk about that before, but I'd like to know. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, I have a background in marketing, like 30 something years in marketing. So from a marketing standpoint, it's a name that nobody ever forgets. They don't necessarily remember my name, but they remember Zen rabbit. So when I started my first business in 2003, it was Zen rabbit baking company. Yeah. I was making a product called gratitude cookies and marketing them as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and people who sent them referrals. What a nice idea. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. It was really, I mean, amazing cookies based on a family recipe and it was, yeah, I ran that business for 11 years. I couldn't quite scale it the way I would have liked to. So I ended up shutting it down after 11 years. And when I started my next business, I actually started out calling it something different, like completely different name, but people, because they remembered Zen Rabbit, I just ended up having to go back to using the name Zen Rabbit. And then now I'm on like Zen Rabbit 3.0 or 3.5 <laughs> version, whatever. And it's really never been more appropriate as a name. Like I, yeah. who knew 20 years ago that this is what I'd be doing now. And I know we're going to get into talking about that, but it's so perfect. Yeah. Well, and it's, you're right. It's a very memorable name and it's just one of those things that just, you see it once and you remember it. There's no way mm -hmm. that you're not going to, not going to remember that. So tell us a little bit about this version of Zen Rabbit and what your focus is with your company now. Yeah. I'm on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded, no matter what is going on around them. And because imagine what the world could look like if everyone, and it's everybody's individual responsibility. I can't change you. You can't change anyone else. Each of us as an individual has the responsibility to find that way for ourselves of how do I stay calm and grounded? How do I stay in, in, in the ability to respond rationally, if that's, or, you know, respond in a calm manner right? versus getting, reacting with the, with the, uh, with the reptilian part of your brain where you're yeah. not thinking you're just like, ah, yeah. And you know that I don't know, I don't, I don't blame everything on COVID, but things have really changed over the last three years. Like I see people, I do a lot of mediations for, um, EEO, so, you know, discrimination, um, 
hostile workplace, um, people that feel threatened in their in their work environment. And I can't tell you how many of them boil down to people that are just overwhelmed and they just had a temporary meltdown and lashed out at a colleague, not not physically or anything, but verbally, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, picked up something and threw it and it bounced off something and hit somebody else. And it's like people have just kind of lost that sense of let's just take a deep breath and think about what we're going to do before we we react. Do you find, do you see that or is it just my experience? Cause I'm working with people that obviously have been through that situation. So that's who I deal with. I see people being very unaware, unself-aware. Yeah. Just in so involved in what they're doing, which usually involves the screen of their phone and completely unaware of what's going on around them and how their presence or their being in it affects other people. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see, where do you see this happens the most? Like, is it in people's personal relationships? Is it work relationships where they're having this lack of connection with other people? Or is it just kind of all over the place? It's all over the place. And I am often asked about work-life balance. And I don't believe that there yeah. is such a thing. You just rolled your eyes. Yeah. Yes. There, there is that it's not about balance. It's about integration because we are living one life. You're not living a life at work and a life at home and a life, you know, maybe out in your community. It's one life. How do you integrate all of those pieces together to make it all work for you? And I think that that is something that depends on how and where you were raised and brought up. I grew up, I mean, my mom and dad both worked, but we also had a farm. So there was this sense, like when you work on the farm, you're an entrepreneur. I don't care whether you want to, you know, you are, you, Mm -hmm. you live your work and you work your life. You know what I mean? It just, it just happens. And so when people say, well, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I want to work from nine to five. I'm like, good luck with that because there might be nights I'm up to midnight doing my job, but then maybe I take the whole rest of the day off. I don't start work until three the next afternoon. I only work for two or three hours. So that, that whole balance thing is just, I love that term integration. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's much more accurate in describing what what kind of life most people would like to have. What about, I'm going to give you a loaded question here. What about the whole social media? Everybody can comment on everything. Everybody's opinion is the same and worth the same value as everybody else's. What do you think that has done to that sense of being connected and that sense of, I have a responsibility for the people around me. It's not just all about me and my ideas. I have really not, I was going to say, I have nothing good to say about social media, but that's not true because social media has, I've made amazing connections through social media that I would never have met the people that I've met. Yes. At the same time, I think it allows people to hide behind their screen and be exceptionally mean and, and again, self-centered and say things that they would never say to somebody face-to-face. Humans are still wired to connect interpersonally. We have not evolved past that. And so all of this virtual connection stuff is 
good on one level and on another level, when you're looking at it as a replacement for face-to-face conversations and face-to-face conferences, meetings, whatever it is, it's detrimental Mm-hmm. Because we, like, as I said, we are wired to connect interpersonally. There's nothing that replaces that. And I was reading a really interesting study the other day, and it's not new. It's been out for quite a while, but it's the whole impact of the dopamine and getting likes and stuff on Facebook posts mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not, I'm not picking on Facebook. It could be anything, uh, any of the social media platforms, but that people actually become, it's literally an addiction. It's got the same, it causes the same brain chemical response. Yep. And I was talking to a client the other day, well, a potential client the other day and very young lady that was going through a divorce. And I said, well, what's, what about your, your network of support people? She goes, oh, I have tons of friends. And I said, so how often do you see them? Oh, I see my friends every day. And there was something the way she was saying it that was just odd. And I say, how many, what's the last time you actually sat down with your friend in the same room? She goes, oh, I don't have any people I talk to like that. It was all, her whole network was online. I'm like, can't go through a stressful time in your life. Your online people are only virtual. They're not really there as your support people, but there is that sort of warped sense of what's going on. So this kind of, this is a little off topic. See, I told you I get a little off topic. It's all good. But, but, let, but one of the things that you focus on to help people to have that sense of groundedness and being present in the moment is gratitude. Am I, is that one of your focus areas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to the gratitude cookies was when I really first started talking about gratitude and how to use it as a differentiating factor in business. Now I'm much more focused on how gratitude, the concept of gratitude and using it in your life overall. And it's interesting because I started thinking, well, where did this even come from? Like, how did I get to this place of gratitude being a thing for me? And after my mom passed away in 2014, I was really thinking about, and that's where I learned it from. She was always grateful for everything. And I'm going to get choked up saying about this, but the, I, the last, among the last words that she spoke before she passed, she was thanking the, the people in hospice who were taking care of her. Wow. This is, so this was something that I saw, but it wasn't necessary. Well, I mean, we were always taught to write thank you notes after the holidays or a birthday. Me right? too. Yes. Sit yes. down and write them whether you want to or not. And so this sense of, of gratitude, but beyond that, I mean, beyond writing thank you notes and being grateful to people who are doing anything for you in life, you know, somebody holds a door open for you and saying thank you. Like these are just good manners, but- the the concept of gratitude that I really instill in my clients now is goes beyond that. It's not just being kind and saying, thank you. It's feeling gratitude, finding gratitude in situations that you wouldn't normally think of as a place where you could find gratitude. Yeah. And how do you become more naturally grateful because this is something that a lot of people are like, well, I'm just not a naturally grateful person. How do, how do I do that? And it's practice just like anything else. And I have this exercise that I love sharing with clients and I'll share it with your audience right now. And that is, it's called the, but I'm grateful for exercise. Have you heard about this one? I think I have, but I want, I would love to hear your version of it. Okay. 
So give me an example of something maybe that pissed you off in the past few days or weeks or like something that, that you would normally com- complain about or that you did complain about. Um, I had a ton of work to do that was just like overwhelming. And it was kind of dumped on me by a client at the last minute to get all this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So normally you might go to a partner or, or a friend and be like, God, I have all this work. It's I can't. Ah. Instead, you could still do that. And then once when you catch yourself moving into a complaint or a criticism, say, but voice the complaint, but I'm grateful for what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this client and have work to complain about. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So it's no matter what the situation is, no matter how dire it looks, but I'm grateful for. And what you're grateful for doesn't even necessarily have to be related to exactly complaint. It could be completely different, but what you're doing is switching your focus. You may have heard that the word, but is not a great one to use in conversations. And the reason for that is because if I said, Marty, you did a fantastic job. I love that podcast episode, but you know, next time you might want to consider, I just negated the whole first part of that compliment. And all you heard was what you should do next time. Right. In this case, that's exactly why we're using it. We, we want to negate the first part, the complaint so that your focus is on. I'm grateful for I love that is a great, great, great practical, simple tip. And you can do it yourself. You don't, I mean, lots of times we're venting to ourselves, right? (laughs) We're talking to the dogs or whatever. So it's okay to do this on your own. And what a, what a wonderful legacy your mom left. And thank you. Thank you for that story. Um, You know, some people are naturally, I think more grateful. So we, but we can, what I'm hearing is your clients are recognizing that they have that ability to also start making that adjustment. Yeah, anyone has that ability. I mean, just using this exercise can change your perspective. And the more you do it, the more naturally grateful you become. And you'll start seeing that you the complaint doesn't even really register. You, obviously, you're going to still have situations. You're not changing the situations. You're changing how you're looking at them. Right. I think that this is, you know, I do a lot of work on resilience and this is, this is kind of tying into that being Mm -hmm. able to accept the fact that there was a problem, but also see that there can be positives that come out of problems. Problems aren't just these horrible things. Sometimes there are opportunities to, well, not sometimes all the time, there's something to find. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will always find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for things to complain and criticize about, you'll find them. If you're looking for things to be grateful for, you'll find those too. And I just want to add a a quick caveat that this is not be happy all the time. And if something is upsetting you or making you, you know, you're feeling anger, you're feeling sadness, it's not ignore those, those emotions and just focus on being grateful. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, feel all of those emotions, move through them, allow them, and then also find the gratitude. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, that is the thing, that whole toxic positivity that we can't say that we're having a problem. That's yeah. unhealthy on the, that's unhealthy for the the exact opposite reason. But yeah. I like the idea of being able to say, I'm having this problem, 
but I'm grateful for. And maybe it's just, it, it, I've heard people say to get up, take your coffee, go stand outside and just watch the sun come up and just recognize the beauty of that and be grateful that you're able to observe that. Is, is, does that yeah. make a difference in people's lives, do you find? Yeah, absolutely. It's whatever you can find whatever you can find to be grateful for. And it could be as simple as I got out of bed this morning. Yeah. Some people are in a really dark place and they're not seeing a whole lot to be grateful for. Whatever shred you can find, focus on that. And tomorrow will be something else. And the day after will be something else. It's, it's not always something major. Like, yes, just standing on your balcony and looking at the sun. Yeah. The other thing that you focus on is meditation. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. A lot of work with people with meditation. I know, tell us, tell our listeners, tell me too, the biggest misconception that you see around meditation when people are just getting started. There are actually two of them. Okay. One is I'm not good at it because people have the the idea that meditation is sitting cross-legged on a mat in silence for hours with no thoughts going through your head. And that is not even really possible. That is, I don't know where everybody came up with this idea, but thoughts are going to come and go through your mind. You can't necessarily control them. And there's been studies showing as little as three minutes a day can bring you benefits. So (laughs) we've just crossed off. You don't have to spend hours. You don't have to eliminate all the thoughts from your head. What I find is actually helpful for, for the thought part is listen to a guided meditation so that you can, you can bring yourself back when you catch yourself running away with the thoughts, bring yourself back to the sound of the meditation teacher's voice or right. the music in the background or or your breathing, whatever it is, bring yourself back. That practice of bringing yourself back, refocusing, 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 even if it's every 10 seconds, that actually improves your ability to focus when you're working outside of a meditation. And there's a lot, and that's scientific. There are a lot of studies. I worked for a company, I won't say the name, but I was a behavioral health coach for them. uh, And we worked a lot with teaching people dealing with chronic pain, cancer survivors, that kind of um, high intensive um, medical care needs to do, you know, use box breathing and, and, or square breathing and use, you know, the deep breathing and the guy, you know, the progressive muscle relaxation and the body scan. And it makes a difference. And medical science in the in the Western world is finally catching up to what, you know, Eastern tradition knew <laughs> centuries ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up, you just mentioned several different ways of breathing. And it's the same thing with meditation. There are so many different ways to do it. And it's a matter of finding what works for you. Like, what kind of coffee do you like? Like some people like Starbucks, some people like Dunkin', some people like some of the, you know, the the independent private brands. It's what do you like? What works for you? What feels comfortable to you? Some people don't like sitting for a meditation. Go out in nature and walk yeah. and move. 
and, you know, don't take your phone with you or keep it on silent if you have to bring it with you and just pay attention to what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you smelling? All of these, like, there's so many different ways to do, to do meditation. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it, it's, I just want to eliminate that. I'm not good at it excuse because that's really all it is. And there's so many, there's so much access to free apps. You know, Mm -hmm. there's insight timer, headspace, calm. There's like dozens of apps out there that are free that have those little three or five minute guided uh, meditations. And I mean, there's lots of programs. There's lots of, I actually bought a book, an audio book that's called just effing meditate. (laughs) I love it. You know, I love that. It's just, it's just a five minute thing where you just, it's a guided, it's a guided thing. And it's just like breathing or sometimes it's, it's a visualizing your head and it's fun to do, you know, you just sit down in the morning and you do it and it's just, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I, I've created meditations as well. Uh, with uh, the first season of my podcast, every episode had a bonus episode afterwards. And somebody asked me yesterday why they don't, why I didn't continue doing that. And it's because I created like 50 different ones that are about 10 minutes each. And it takes a lot. Yeah. It's not just, Hey, let me just write a 10 minute meditation. It takes a lot longer than 10 minutes to, I was basically channeling them. Right. And then to record it and edit it and put music under it. And they're really good. It just took a lot. So I, I, I went with what we got left, you know, <laughs> like 50 is enough. Okay. For right now, <laughs> but, you can still, but people can still go back and listen. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're really good. And it's funny. Cause I, um, people have told me that they, they, ha- they can't meditate, but they can meditate to mine. I don't know what it is about my voice, but somehow people like it. So what say your podcast name again, Lori, so people can grab it right here. Fine is a four letter word. Gotcha. The best way to find those meditations there is to just do a search on meditation, the the term meditation, and it will pull them all up, all different topics. Great. The, the last topic that we're going to, we had focused on to touch on base with, and I think we've kind of already covered it, is maybe some tools that people can use. So I like that, but I'm grateful for, I think that's a great tool. What else? Uh, and we talked about the different kinds of breathing. What else do you think we should? Yeah. Well, you asked, I said there were two reasons people tend not to meditate. The second one is I don't have time. Right. And I think we also touched on that, that you can get benefits from doing as little as three minutes a day. But if you wanted to spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, that uh, when you practice meditation, you get more productive. You're more focused. You're more productive. You're more calm. You have better emotional regulation all of these things outside of meditation. And so it's really like investing your time because if you spend, let's say, let's say 15 minutes a day in meditation, a task that might, or a project that might take you two hours might take you an hour and a half or maybe an hour because you can be more focused at it. Right. So you've now bought yourself 30 minutes of time. That's where I say it's more of an investment. And so that whole idea of, I don't have time. If, if you could do three minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, I mean, if you don't have that little amount of time for yourself and for getting your, your mind and your body, right. Cause it meditation has so many physical benefits as well. You have, 
you would do well to reevaluate what is going on in your life. Yes. And you know what? We, we've had this conversation with other guests on the podcast. The average person spends over an hour a day now scrolling through social mm-hmm. media, checking their emails, mm-hmm. doing this kind of stuff. If you could take just 10 minutes of that time, you know, maybe it's set your alarm 10 minutes earlier in the morning. We've all can squeeze 10 minutes. And I get it. If you're a busy parent, you got kids, you got things to do. So maybe you have to be strategic. Maybe during your lunch hour, you just go sit in the cubicle in the in the bathroom mm-hmm. and meditate for 10 minutes. Not maybe the most pleasant place to be, but you know, you, we can all find a way. Maybe we just sit in our vehicle. We go to work 10 minutes earlier and sit in our car in the parking lot. That's nicer than the bathroom. Let's do it that way. You know, yeah. we can, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. That's, that's what right. If yeah. you, yeah. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. Yeah. You mentioned the 10 minutes earlier in the morning. The morning time is actually a great time to do a meditation before you get out of bed because your mind is, your brain is still in that alpha state, the alpha brainwave state, which is kind of halfway between awake and asleep. And that is the time that your other than conscious mind is open to suggestions. So if you're doing any kind of meditation, but it's uh, your, your, other than conscious mind is open to being reprogrammed. And this is how you rewire your brain, rewire your thoughts and your beliefs so that they serve you better. Yeah, that is, that's a great tip. The other oh, time is uh, just real quick. The other time is as you're falling asleep, cause you're in that same in between awake and asleep. So if you can get one in right as you're falling asleep, that's another great time to, to squeeze in. Those are great strategies and suggestions. So I really appreciate that. So we covered a ton of stuff, a lot of stuff, like from how bad social media is to all these positive things we can do in our lives. Yep. What do you want people to remember from this conversation when they go on about their busy days? It can be easy. This does not need to be difficult. We have been programmed somehow since birth to believe that the things worth doing are difficult. And it does not need to be difficult. It can be easy. It can feel easy and that's okay. And Lori, if people want to learn more about what you do, I know you've got your podcast, your meditations, your programs that you offer people. What's the best way for them to reach you? At my website, zenrabbit.com. And you can find the podcast. You can listen to the podcast there. You can find the meditations. You can find the staying calm in chaos program. And there's a free download called the five easy ways to start living a sabbatical life. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that. So yeah, go grab that. And Lori, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I just thank you for all your insights and wisdom and uh, getting us all motivated to get out there and start meditating. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks Thanks for hosting. Oh, you're thank you're welcome. And I'd like to thank everybody for being here, uh, listening on the D Shift podcast. And just remind you that we have another episode coming up next week. Thanks for listening and supporting the D Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D Shift crew. For more details and to sign up. Head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.